And with that, they returned into a new year, a new decade even. Uh, ironically, it's, it's the second episode of 2020, but it's the first episode that we've recorded canonically in 2020. And, and as we're British, we haven't returned. We are returned. <laughs> it's all in the pronunciation. There's a, there's a hidden grab or an acute there somewhere. I, absolutely. I, I'm feeling Dickensian, partly because <laughs> it's very cold. Now, is this uh, comparative Cypriot cold or is this actual cold? Oh, oh no, compar- comparative Cypriot cold. Okay. I, mean, yeah. I think it's okay. well above zero uh, centigrade yeah. and... Uh, <laughs> 45 Fahrenheit, he said, plucking in that. Yeah, so triple C, comparative Cypriot cold. It's currently, let me check the uh, thermometer. Uh, 3.9 degrees outside, so I think, yeah, that's less than pleasant. And I'm sure uh, that is uh, practically uh, a balmy temperature compared to some other folks who have, uh, I'm sure, snow. But for here, it's cold. Indeed, indeed. Anyway, and enough of the weather. It's 2020. <laughs> happy New Year, TJ. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Uh, happy Festivus. Um, yeah, we, happy we've Hanukkah. It. All of that good mm-hmm. jazz. Yeah. All the stuff. And we've made it. It's a new decade. It's a new year. That's it, It's 2020. I keep seeing it. I keep writing it. And it still hasn't sunk in that it's that year because that is a future year. That's what you write on, you know, cut rate science fiction stories to make it seem like it's set in the future when it was written in 1984. Uh-huh. So it's still it's still getting me. I wrote it. I, I filled out the, one of the films on my little uh, film watch database, which we'll talk about in a bit when we come to the respective section. But I had to put the, the date that the film was made and that date was 2020. I was like, no, it's no. <laughs> no I suppose it is. <laughs> uh Welcome, welcome to middle age. I, I can feel you approaching. Yeah. Give it, give it a couple more weeks. We'll have you turned into a curmudgeon. <laughs> approaching makes it sound quite benevolent, benign. It's not. It's it's rapidly descending towards. It's uh, careening out of control towards middle age. <laughs> That's probably the best way to get there. Screeching with a handbrake <laughs> turn, fast with no parachute. <laughs> oh, right. right. Yes, let's let's put some structure onto this nonsense, for heaven's sake. Uh, <laughs> what are you writing with and on, TJ? So I posted it on my Instagram this morning, but I've been writing with uh, Stella Norris, actually, that kind of... Uh, someone, I think it was Phil on Instagram, made the very valid point that I'm not sure anyone has ever bought a Stella Norris. They just appear, you know, randomly in any place where more than four packets of A4 paper are stored. You know, they just kind of materialize where office workers congregate. Uh, and so I didn't buy this one either. It appeared in the office and I picked it up and started using it. Um, and I, I actually found two. So I have one, which is sort of the erasered, more rare variant. Uh, the erasered pencil would be more of an American tradition than a, a European one. Um, but there's an erasered Norris and it's got a little pink eraser. And that's fine. It works okay. So I've been using that in my top pocket, but it's been paired with a very battered and bruised Norris stub of the uh, the end dip variety rather than an erasered one, um, which is about half the length and has seen, it's seen some stuff, too. It's, it's a bit battered, um, but I, I found them both in the same pocket and I don't recall putting either of them there. Um, so that was a nice surprise. And I've been writing with those in my meetings recently, which is nice, uh, paired with my new pocket notebook, which is a field notes 
like the state edition, the county fair, I think it was. Uh, and this one is Maine in a nice sort of uh, yellow color. Excellent. Well, it's, I think you're right about Stadler Norris. Nobody ever remembers uh, where they're coming from. But they're always there. Yeah. I'm not convinced that it's not a ploy by Stadler just to get them in every home. They just drop them out of planes. You know, they ship them (laughs) off with other things. And uh, just uh, bear with me momentarily. Uh, If the last couple of sentences gave anybody a headache, I do apologize. Um, But it appears that the gain button on my microphone had moved. Uh, And it was all getting a bit bit red. Whereas I think now I've made uh, an adjustment on the fly for I am a accomplished podcaster of some standing, you know. Oh, yes, quite. Uh, <laughs> Hundred episodes, baby. Yeah, um, yeah. Stadler Norris. Um, do you know? There's absolutely nothing wrong with them. They're a fine pencil to use. No, they're great. They're really um, good. It, I think in real estate terms, you'd probably say they lack curb appeal. Um, yeah. <laughs> people yeah, just don't reach a, for a, them. It's a two-bedroom terrace in central London. Like everybody needs one. Like no one's going to say no if they need it, but it's not going to turn heads. Oh, sorry, I've turned everything red by opening a bottle. Then I do apologise. <laughs> I did wonder what that was. <laughs> that or you're breaking the neck of a small animal, James Bond style. <laughs> ah, my secret is out. Um, <laughs> uh, so what have I been doing then? Well, uh, oh, all right, it's January, which means that. Um, I'm in that, that wonderful space that a lot of listeners will identify with. I've got six notebooks on the go, each with different writing instruments. Uh, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's going to be no problem at all to sustain all year. Uh, it'll probably fail, I'd say, by the end of next week. But for the time being, I have my big economist diary, which I'm using for my time blocking. I have, uh, a scarlet endless recorder um which is the the tomorrow river paper uh it's a blank one and i'm using that as my sort of daily driver bullet journal hybrid thing i have a rhodiorama soft cover a5 uh ruled which i'm using for um sort of what am i using that for it's well specifically it's for uh oynb which is something we'll come back to later and I have my Hobonichi Teko, uh, which I'm using for sort of uh, reflective journaling at the end of the day, that sort of thing. Uh, most of those, uh, in fact, all of those are, are fountain pen friendly. So I'm having mm-hmm. a lovely time with my fountain pens. Um, to, to round out the set, I'm also using the podcasting notebook, uh, which is one of the elementals, uh, oxygen, I believe. Uh, and I'm using right now Pelican 205, the Star Ruby Limited Edition. Stationary heaven, ladies and gentlemen. Very good. I have made uh, countless show notes. I've been silent this whole time, uh, just writing literally nine bullet points after we both discussed a, a flurry of objects in that initial uh, salvo. Yep, there's a, there's a lot going on in my stationary world at the moment, but hey, there you go. What about watching? What have you been watching, TJ? So I watched, uh, I've watched a bunch of stuff over Christmas. Christmas was really busy. And, and this is one of those weird podcasty canonical things where there has been probably a gap of two and a bit weeks for us mm-hmm. in terms of recording. 
so the timeline of the podcast release won't reflect that. But we haven't spoken in a bit and we both had Christmas and New Year's and you were off on, on your holibobs. And so we both had time, I, I suspect, to watch things. And so if I summarized all the things I watched, that would be a much longer episode. Um, but I watched a lot of things and, and listened to a lot of things. But most recently, uh, I watched The Gentleman last night at the cinema, which is a, a, the new Guy Ritchie film. Uh, kind oh, of a okay, gangster, yeah. uh, British, very well written, very sort of slick, funny. Um, I didn't really know anything about it. Um, the, Daniel, the guy who's going to be my, my be- best man, had said, oh, do you want to go and see this? And we try to catch up when we can. We'll go and watch a film, go and have some dinner, catch up, have a chat. He said, oh, this is on. Do you want to go and see it? And I went, yeah, 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 sounds good. The fact that he wanted to see it was enough of a bar like, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Um, so I went in knowing almost nothing. Um, and it was fantastic. I was really surprised. Not surprised because I had no strong expectations, but uh, really, really impressed. Really, really strong film. Very, very funny. Well written. Nicely rounded out and just came out of it smiling. Really, really good. Yeah, which was nice when it's unexpected. Uh, and then also on the home front, I've been watching The Witcher, which is the new sort of fantasy show from Netflix with uh, Henry Cavill, uh, Mr. Superman. Um, now I played a little bit of the games, The Witcher Three, I think it was, which is it's sort of like it's a Polish author. I cannot remember his name, but he's written this series of fantasy books, and it's like this, uh, you know, loner, uh, magic wielding, uh, anti-hero sort of wanders the land, righting wrongs. You know, it's not a, a new concept, but it is a very interesting uh, world that he's created, and it's a very gritty and realistic world you know it's it's fantasy elements in a realistic world so people die things happen it's not all sunshine and rainbows um and i've been watching the first season of that so there's eight episodes i've finished six i think it is uh it's really really good um if you could get a chance maybe watch the first episode see what you think Uh, it's one of those ones where if you like it there's more if you don't like it there's more yeah, it's um, Netflix has been pushing it uh, very hard at me, even here in Cyprus, um, which I suppose means that I get to see two episodes and then wait a year. Um, yeah, yeah, six to the, twelve years. The author, I can see why you stepped around that so nimbly. Um, that's <laughs> Andre Sapkowski, I think. With apologies to any Polish listeners um, who mm. wrote who wrote those. A uh, bit of Google foo for you there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one of those things that I I would enjoy I think um, you know mm. I, I I sit there and think that Harry Potter is magical and transports me uh, but uh, as I think we've covered before my wife sits there and goes what's this nonsense um, <laughs> <laughs> so I might have to find a time to watch that uh, when when she's not around mm. um, perhaps I can get her to record a podcast because she's now catching up on the TV that I don't want to watch upstairs. Um, <laughs> uh what did i watch what did i well first of all just you reminded me that um those hardy souls that were listening 12 months ago um will know that i was uh while puppy training young spice um in the howling winds and rain uh in between i was watching vikings the netflix um oh yeah uh I suppose the clues in the name. Lots, lots of marauding going on, rape and pillage, and then for reasons, what well, undoubtedly down to rights issues. Half of the final season 
was not on <laughs> Cyprus Netflix. The second half, surely it wasn't the first half. No, it was the second half. Yeah, so that's okay. At least that makes some sense. Yeah, so I sort of binged my way through. I think it was probably five and a half seasons or four and a half seasons. Um, and it was yes, it was season interruptus. Um, <laughs> and it must have been uh, almost exactly a year ago, a couple of weeks ago, because suddenly um, Netflix said, um, you know, more episodes or, or ta da. Yeah. Oh, ah, um, yeah. The the year had it hadn't aged well. I think I watched it. Oh, here we go then. A bit of rape, pillage. Anyone? Oh, lovely, good. Okay. Oh, I'll tell you what. Should, should we go to England? Rape and pillage there. Right, splendid. Uh, it just all felt very samey to me. Which, yeah, that's the danger, I suppose, of of being cut off. I suppose off the hardly. timing doesn't help, and that you kind of it it splits up your perception of the storyline. And so it's yeah. almost truncated and you forget almost certainly some of the threads that were there and you go, oh yeah, I guess it's the same as all those other episodes I watched because I can't remember what was happening. Yeah, and I think your suspension of disbelief has a time limit and you just go, yeah. Um, <laughs> Resuspended my disbelief. Yeah, so that that was a bit de Desuspended. Desuspended. We could do an entire episode on suspension of disbelief. I have some very strong views on suspension of disbelief in fiction, so we could probably do an entire episode on that. Okay. Um, I, I suspect it'd be quite a relaxing one for me. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, what else? Oh, the other thing I discovered or haven't discovered, but we started exploring was the award-winning films section of Cypriot Netflix, which is perhaps not quite as extensive as, as Netflix that most of our listeners have got. Um, mm. but I did, because I spent a period of, I don't know, 10 years with no TV, uh, or no English language TV and no real cinema access. Um, there's a lot of movies that came out that I never saw. Mm. Um, so that's been quite rewarding. I watched Goodwill Hunting. Does that ring any bells? Uh, no of it. Never seen it. In fact, I've written down all the ones you put in your show notes and mm -hmm. I haven't seen any of them. Okay, well, Goodwill Hunting is uh, it's very good. It won. Uh, it's Matt Damon. Yep, Matt Damon and um, that other fella. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, ben uh, Affleck. Yeah, that's all I had. Yeah, uh, that one. Um, they, they won an Oscar not for their acting, um, but for they wrote the screenplay. Oh wow! Uh, on them. And they both appear to be about eleven in the film. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well done, Cherubs. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean, the, the, the scene stealer and Oscar winner for best supporting actor was Robin Williams. Um, and he was, well, he was quite Robin Williams esque, but very good. Mm. Uh, so that was, that was great. I really enjoyed that movie. Uh, then, um, I, I've missed one as well. Um, I watched 12 Years a Slave. Hmm. Um, That's more recent. Yeah, I think that that won an Oscar in 2012, I want to say, but I could be wrong. Um, uh, that's, uh, that's a hard watch. Um, that mm. pulls no punches. Uh, and sort of, I suppose it was an angle on slavery that I was completely unaware of. Um, essentially, without doing any plot spoilers, a, um, a gentleman of New York State, I think. Uh, who happened to be black was essentially kidnapped and sold into slavery in Georgia. Um, 
so i i always think of the slavery narrative as um you know um africans being abducted often by the british it has to be said um and then sold into slavery at market um mm. i'd never thought of you know some th this guy was essentially living uh an everyday life in a suit uh with a cane um speaking in some sort of weird sonnet version uh, and that may be in a stylization of the film i don't know um but clearly a very very esteemed and reputable fellow um suddenly found himself kidnapped and sold into slavery um, Jeez. and that was like wow and the the biggest thing about this is that the whole, the whole thing starts with this is based on a true story oh yeah okay um yeah so yeah hard watch great movie uh, then I watched one that I haven't put into the, the show note, which was, I'm going to forget what it was called now, which is less than helpful. Um, I have it, uh, Benjamin Button. Is, that's one you want to No, that's the one I'm going to get to next. But this was the one, um, is it, oh, I want to say Sand, uh, Walt. Uh, it'll come to me eventually. The Give me a synopsis and I'll, I'll guess the film. We can make yeah, a yeah, new yeah, section. Easily. It's the American pilot who landed uh, on the Hudson. Oh, uh, Sully. Sully. There we go. Uh, Tom Hanks doing a, a, a pure Tom Hanks. But again, you know, very, very good movie, I thought. Um, and that was another true story? And another, Yes, yes, very much a true story. Um, but I, I loved the angle. Um, I wasn't wild about what the angle was saying about the world in which we live. However, I did like the angle. I, again, have you seen mm. that one? Uh, Sully, I've seen, yeah. I yeah. really enjoyed it. Um, and then the last one I watched last night, and, and then I will stop talking about movies, um, was The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Uh, which Backwards is, aging. That's all I got. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, it's, it's odd. That's for sure. Um, uh, it's, it's a very interesting premise. And I have a memory. And again, I'm showing my ignorance here that it was written by somebody famous. Um, uh, uh, I don't know if it was Roald Dahl or someone. I don't know. Um, but I'm definitely going to look at the book because I think there were some questions unanswered in the film. Uh, but it was quite mm -hmm. long. I'm looking it up. Went on for a while. Uh, and it's uh, Brad Pitt showing that he can, in fact, act uh, as well as look pretty. And then David Fincher was the director, which is interesting. I'll take your word for that. Why, why is that interesting? He's just a particularly stylistic director. Um, okay. He did Mindhunter, which is the... The sort of um, serial killer one. He did seven S E, the number seven E N. Yep. Um, lots of really interesting, quite dark and gritty films. Um, ah, Alexander Desplat did the music. Um, who is the same person who did the music for the Grand Budapest Hotel, which is one of my favorite films of all time. Okay, there we go. Uh, definitely. Thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, um, so I watched all of that. Uh, that's uh, Margaret and I have kind of instituted a movie night where we. Um, the trick is if I can get on a movie on early enough, and a good fifteen <laughs> to twenty minutes are okay, then she doesn't fall instantly to sleep. Yeah. Um, but then if I do want her to sleep, I've also been watching a bit of cricket uh, as England are touring South Africa at the moment, uh, and that's that man Ben Stokes who I've talked about before. Did it again the other mm -hmm. day. Uh, another amazing Cr cricketing with the best of them. Yes, there was a lot of cricketing going on, uh, and obviously <laughs> for the vast majority of the audience, they have no idea what that means. But there you are. Um, 
Oh, what about listening? You've been listening to anything, TJ? Uh, yes, I've been listening to something that you will despise. You would not enjoy it at all, but I very much do. Um, the people from Sans Pants, uh, one of some of the podcasts that I enjoy, released a new uh, sort of limited season of um, Dinosaur Park, Dinosaur Land, kind of a role-playing game mixed with uh, a what-if uh, Jurassic Park rewrite. Um, really weird, really dumb, uh, you know, lots of comedy and silly stuff in it. Um, I'm really enjoying it. I liked the previous three, so I went on and bought this on, on New Year's Day. Um, their little release they'll, they may well sometime in the future release it free on their on their podcast feeds but they do a lot of um, like you go on and buy the series so it's 15 episodes and I think I got it for like less than a fiver or something like that mm-hmm. um, but I'm probably 12 13 episodes in of 14 or 15 so I haven't got much left but I've really enjoyed it on my my train commutes <laughs> actually yeah you're absolutely right I would loathe it um <laughs> As, as I, I don't particularly enjoy anything that's, that science pants uh, come out with, um, but it, I have I have been musing of late upon upon taste because oh no, let's do a test here. Um, <laughs> okay, Gab, Gavin and Stacey watched all of it about maybe ten years ago. Enjoyed it. Can't remember very much of it. Okay, uh, they, but I remember enjoying it. They had a Christmas special out uh, this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, a friend of mine who's um, he's he's the generation above me, as you all the generation below me, if you like. So mm-hmm. uh, I'll have to get him on the podcast; it'd be amazing. But um, he he looked at me and said, "What what what is it all about? It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's not funny at all." <laughs> um, and and I like you, <laughs> I found it uh, probably not the greatest thing ever written, but well written and funny. Yeah, um, yeah. Ricky Gervais, uh, the part, the man, the myth, the legend. Mm. Uh, yep. Just the concept of him, or I've seen extras. I've seen uh, maybe the first season and a half of the British Office, although I, I vastly prefer the American Office. Um, and I watched a little bit of his um, seething indictment at the Oscars or whatever the the award ceremony. The, was the, the gold, Golden Globes. Yeah. That that's, that's the, thing the he's, one. He's getting all the the yep plaudits for now. But I, I know of him. I've seen some of his work. I think he's generally funny. Okay. I He's one of those people who prompts in me a violent reaction. Really? I think he would benefit from being smacked in the face with a shovel. <laughs> okay. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> there's no particular reason for that. I mean, some of his views are, uh, you know, oppose mine in, in many ways, but... Yeah, I, I like lots of people whose views oppose mine. There's something about his way that just uh, literally the the hackles go up, um, my body tenses. <laughs> I, I have an allergic reaction to him, um, and just find him uh, facile, ill-considered, unpleasant. There is nothing about him I like. Uh, but I can see, you know, he writes really good stuff. Um, and many of the points that he was making, for example, in the Golden Globes thing, if somebody else had made them, I'd probably heartily agree with them. But I can't quite bring myself to agree with him. It's, it's weird. Taste. How do you mm. how do you account for taste? I don't know. Um, well, I've been listening to, well, nothing really exciting. Because I was away for a while, 
um, and I didn't have much opportunity to listen to podcasts. Um, but you know how it is. Your your podcast catcher just keeps amassing these, yep. <laughs> these lists and lists. And you have to go through and sort of, I don't know about you, but I always look over my shoulder before I delete an episode. I, just, I hope just, they don't notice. Yeah, I feel so guilty. <laughs> um, you could run it at um, four times speed with all the gaps taken out. <laughs> runs through it really really fast yeah I've, tr- I've tried that once or twice and, until the other part of my brain has gone what are you doing idiot <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah I've been catching up with that and I've done a little bit of listening to the Bill Bryson book uh, The Body uh, The Guide for Occupants which is uh, I would say about halfway through I don't find it as funny as I found his other work but that might be me who knows Okay. What about reading? Have you been reading anything? Yes, I read all five parts of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy trilogy. Um, that is not a typo. Look it up. Um, really, really enjoyed all those books. Um, it, it's weird because I think I think Douglas Adams passed away when he was writing one of the Dirk Gently books, mm-hmm. but had planned to write a final uh, flourish in the Hitchhiker's Guide series, and then didn't obviously um so i think it's ian coffler is a an irish author then with his estate i think it was his wife's blessing wrote a, a, a sixth book or a fifth book or whatever it was to kind of sum up the the story so i haven't read that one but i have read all the ones that douglas adams wrote um which was the box set that i had in my bedroom when i was a child um and they're brilliant really really good i burned through them they're not long books anyway but I, I did go through them very, very quickly. Meg and I instituted a, you know, after 9.30, 10 p.m., no screens except Kindles. So you're, you're reading or you're asleep. Um, and that's been really beneficial to reading because we're both now making time for it. And, and actually, Megan, who wouldn't normally be a big reader, is going, this is brilliant. I love it. And she'll sit down and she'll be the one to book me and go, turn your phone off. It's time to read, which is, it's lovely. It's lovely to have that that prompt. Mm-hmm. Um, so the two of us have been reading a lot more. I took it to a new level of extreme uh, about three or four nights ago. Got into bed and I got into bed nice and early. I thought, right, I'll get a good night's sleep for tomorrow. Got into bed and it must have been, I don't know, 9.50. So early, early for me, like before 10 p.m. Got into bed, turned off the lights, lay down. Quarter to 11, it was like, I am not falling asleep. I am not in any way tired. Doesn't matter what I'm doing here, I'm not going to sleep. So I thought, right, well, just I'll just read something for a bit, and then that'll conk me out, and I'll go to sleep. So I turned the bedside light back on and fired up the Kindle, and I'd, I'd now finished all of the Hitchhiker's Guide. So I was like, what, what, what would I like to read? And you know, I have two Kindles because, of course, I have two Kindles. Um, they're the oldest one after they had a keyboard on the bottom, so that they're just after that. But they're they're both ancient, and I really like them because they remind me of, like Star Trek, the little tablet things. But um, I bought them both cheap in CEX secondhand and I put loads of different books on them. So two different Kindles with two different sets of books on them. Mm-hmm. And I was just sort of thumbing through these going, well, well what would I like to read? And I found um, a book and it was, you know, our conversation with Enon previously, it was The Running Man, which is a Stephen King book that then uh, became an Arnold Schwarzenegger film. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, okay, I, I, I do, I've never seen the film. I've never read the book. But I know vaguely what the story is. It's science fiction. I should like it. I'll give this a go. And I started reading. And I kept reading. <laughs> and I kept reading. And I kept reading. And my alarm that I get up to every single morning is set for 5.50 a.m. 
And then I get up and I get on the train at 7.14. So I like a little bit of time to get up and get ready and have a coffee. I stopped reading at 4.40. Oh no, it was later than that. It was like 5.15. It was something stupid where it wouldn't make any sense to go to sleep because I wouldn't fall asleep in time to wake up. And so it was like, right, I've read solidly for five and a half hours. Better go and have an espresso. Uh, and so I went downstairs, had an espresso, had a second espresso. Megan got up. You're up early. Well, yes. Uh, went to work. Uh, lasted until about three o'clock. Uh, and then the left-hand side of my brain shut down. I managed to somehow stumble onto the train and get home. Uh, and I was destroyed. Um, <laughs> I have not done an all-nighter. Uh, since I was a teenager, and there is good reason for that. There's good reason that you shouldn't do it anyway. But my God, I was wrecked. Uh, and so even even then, I was out uh, at the cinema last night, and then ended up having getting something to eat, having a chat. Didn't get back to midnight. I was like, this is the worst. This is two nights in a row I've had late nights, or one gap in the middle. I was like, this is not healthy. I am too old for this. <laughs> um, so I'm even now. It's like. My time is 5 past 7 p.m. And I'm going, bed by half eight, bed by half eight, try and catch some of those Zs. Uh, so I took the reading to heart and finished uh, The Running Man in a single sitting. Uh, it was probably about the guts of four or five hours, maybe less. Uh, it was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, sorry, Enon. I, I enjoyed the book. I thought the prose was pretty good. I liked Stephen King previously. I haven't read him in a long time. Uh, reading this. I enjoyed it. This is one of his earlier books, I think. So this was, um, I think it was originally written under a pseudonym. Um, I can't remember the name of the pseudonym, Robert something maybe. Um, And it was, he sort of had a foreword at the beginning where he was saying he was quite angry. You know, it was an aggressive writing. He wanted to try and say things and change stuff with what he was writing. And so that kind of comes across a wee bit. But I enjoyed the book. I thought it was interesting. A little bit like uh, They Live the 1980s movie or uh, Soylent Green, kind of the same vibe as those films where it's sort of social commentary as well as uh, spooky sci-fi. But yeah, really enjoyed it. And uh, I need to go to bed in about an hour's time or else I will not be able to function. (laughs) Well, you just need a prompt that says stop reading as well. Well, the thing is, I probably would have stopped reading and then not been able to sleep. (laughs) It was Richard Bachman, the... uh, so, That's the one. Uh, once again, Richard th- back. thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> well, there we go. So, from I'm just going to do some uh, some listening. You're now a confirmed reader. I tell you, one person who's delighted, Dave Tubman, has just punched the air. Because um, <laughs> I've read a book. Because you've read a book, and you, you appear to be developing a a habit for the written well, word. Dave, does a does a Kindle count? I mean, if we're being so funny about it surely it's got to be dead trees folded up or else it doesn't count i i suspect he's hoping you might you might graduate to that but baby steps (laughs) teacher baby steps i got i got a lot of dead trees i'm just gonna say it i have a lot of dead trees in my library and i I will read them but yeah most of yours have been turned into pencils though in fact (laughs) yeah that's fair it's a lot of cellulose actually <laughs> oh, the rabbit hole opens up in front. Um, <laughs> what have you been reading? Uh, well, I'm still bravely battling on through the letters from a Stoic. Um, the, there's a certain amount of Stoicism required to finish that. Um, yeah, 
And then I've read a book called This Naked Mind by Annie Grace, uh, which is, uh, it's a, it's essentially neuro-linguistic programming, which again, mm. I suspect we will come back to. Um, and I've just been finalizing and finishing off a little bit of beta reading for, uh, my writing buddy, uh, the, the awesome Amanda Fleet. Uh, go to amandafleet.co.uk immediately um, and uh, sign up because she's written a fantasy tri- trilogy um, in in the more traditional sense of a trilogy. There are three of them. Uh, yeah, and I think, not a Douglas Adams three. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and the first one I think is coming at the end of February. Oh, very uh, good. That's not too long at all. Yeah, so um, if if you are interested, go and sign up at a website. Um, you can you know uh, get notifications when it's published and stuff. It'll be it'll be coming out in electronic and and paper. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think sort of each the second and the third come sort of in month intervals. Uh, so oh wow, that is so like rolling releases monthly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- they're all written now. Um, she's she's not banging out a novel once a month. I mean, she, she is a very no. No, you could have just don't don't bear, you know just let me let me think that. That's more impressive. Uh, no, there, there might be some some quality questions, um, which is is <laughs> not something you can accuse Amanda of. She is very no. very very detailed. It's, um, but they're really good. I'm really looking forward to reading them again um, because the versions, obviously, that I've been are are not finalised, and there are some tweaks and turns and. Um, I'm really looking forward to having, uh, we were talking today because so I've been previewing the covers with her. Um, and so I really want those on my bookshelf. Um, yeah. So one of my rules is if, if a friend has written a book, then, you know, I'll buy that in paper. Um, I, I also tend to buy it electronically as well, but, um, it's <laughs> just nice to have on the bookshelf, isn't it? So yeah, go and check those out. Um, uh, well, that's about it for the moment. What about drinking? What are you drinking, TJ? Espresso. Just Ooh. just lots and lots of coffee. I think I had three. The day I was really tired, I had I definitely had at least three straight espressos plus a filter, which is too much, but it was uh, functional. At that point, it was not a, a tasty beverage. It was something to get me uh, to four o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have been drinking more... Uh, Black espresso because we're we're on the wedding countdown now, right? So um, carbs, no carbs before marbs and all that jazz. So uh, I've got a. I just think of the little things. So you know, don't need a bunch of milk, don't need a latte. Just I enjoy a nice espresso if it's made well. So we have our machine downstairs. I have one of those in the morning if I have the time, uh, and then in the evenings, every now and again, I'll treat myself a little decaf espresso because I don't drink tea ever. I, I've tried. I, I experimented with green tea for a while. Uh, and just couldn't stomach it, but but like normal, uh, you know, Irish British tea, can't stand it. Will not drink it. Have never liked it. Yeah, uh, but Megan would drink ten cups a day. You're you're um you have no taste for tannins, as I think we've just dis- discussed. On yes, your, on yes. Your approach to wine. Tannins are. Yeah, it's that sort of dry. That's uh, a hard. I don't. I can't mm-hmm. even describe it. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's but, that um, tannic sort of dries your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. But I, I've never liked tea, and and mm. everyone has tried to get me to like tea, but I've never liked it, and I, I just don't even attempt it anymore. Yeah. Uh, but what that means is, in the evening time, if you want to sit down and have a nice hot beverage with with friends and family or your other half, it's either the it's kind of like half past eight. While I would enjoy a coffee right now, it's probably not the best thing 
for my sleeping pattern. Um, it is nice to have the option. And so when I forget a, a decaf espresso, I get all the benefits of the flavor and the, the sort of hot you know, cup to hold in your hand, but I don't have to deal with the ramifications of, of all the caffeine that late at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need to you need to go out there and get some of those fruity, herbally what's-its that they're, they're called teas, but they're not really tea at all. Um, and they're decaffeinated. It's plant in hot water. And don't taste like tea at all. Um, but they do taste <laughs> sort of hot and pleasant. Yes. Um, I've got about 47,000 of them, <laughs> which um, I'm slowly working my way through. Um, I always buy them by the box and then never drink them. You know, best will in the world, and then they never actually get used. And then we did a clear out of the cupboards uh, just after Christmas because we'd, we'd been using a lot of stuff. And then we went to cupboards to kind of tidy out. And it was like, oh, yeah, remember when I wanted to buy herbal teas in 2014? Here they are. <laughs> We've moved them three times, and here they lie, to the bin. <laughs> ah, dear, well, they say there's a tea for everyone. It's like an olive. There's an olive that everyone likes, and there's a tea that everyone likes. Okay, I do like olives, and I, I will admit, there's one tea that I thought was interesting. I wouldn't drink it a lot, but I did find it interesting, and that's uh, Lapsang Souchong, which is the smoky one. <laughs> I had a pot of that today. Bizarre. Did you? Yes, it's, I absolutely that, did. I would never sit down and order one, but the smell of it is very nice. And, and we have, I think we have some downstairs. Meg would every now and again take the notion. But um, if it was made, I would maybe have a wee bit, but I would never go out. Like, I wouldn't make one myself, but maybe I should try. Maybe tea can be something I can experiment with this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I possibly wouldn't start at Lapsan Souchong, but um, no, it's, <laughs> uh, I'm I, along with the rest of the planet. It's January and so... Uh, although I'm not getting married, um, there there are thoughts of health and and size and mm. weight and all that stuff. Like that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm drinking quite a lot of tea. Um, at the moment, um, as I wrote in the show, I'm drinking uh, Adam's Ale, or um, as it's uh, as it's a podcast, I'm going to have the Ale d'Adam, uh, which mm-hmm. is oui. the, the yeah. same the same stuff but carbonated, put in a green bottle, and charged a king's ransom for. Ah, di- what is it, dihydrogen monoxide? <laughs> ah, yes. You say it so well. <laughs> in, in France, we call it Perrier. Um, yeah. Which is um, the, their word for um, uh, for sparkling. They have several, but the one that they use for Perrier is pétillante. Um, little it, bubbles? Yeah, it's sort of just like little bubbles on your on your tongue. <laughs> Honestly, uh, I think the French fantastic. invented marketing. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about buying? You buying anything? Uh, yes, I bought my own birth certificate. That's uh, something I didn't really think about until I had to do it. Well, that's um, quite a shopping trip. Uh, yes, I, I bought my own certificate of birth. Uh, so I have never been married. Um, it's not something that I had a massive amount of experience in, uh, but it turns out you need some papers to make it legally binding and all that stuff. And so we looked it up and you said, right, send all this stuff in. And we've got tons of time to do it. Well, it's, we, we have everything we need now, but, um, it was, you know, send your birth certificate and your scan of your passport, whatever it might be. Um, and all these details, fill this out, pay the form, done. I went, okay, birth certificate, mum, can I have my birth certificate? Oh, well, I would have given you that years ago. Right. <laughs> I don't know what a birth certificate looks like. 
So either I have taken it and filed it away in the circular file, or I don't have my birth certificate. Right. Okay. Well, I'll have a look here and we'll see. And so my mother went away and looked and, no, sorry, sweetheart, we don't have it here. Right. Okay. I guess I'll go buy one then. How do I buy one? I don't know. Right. Okay. I'll ask the government. And so I went off and, and went onto the website. And actually, it was very, very straightforward. Um, yep. You basically fill out the details and they just send you one. And it was 20 quid and it arrived in a day and a half. But um, not See, something I have any experience in. At, at the risk of, of going all compliance officer on you. Uh, there's no such thing at the United Kingdom as a birth certificate, young man. Uh, there is a ledger of births. And what you have asked for is an extract of that ledger or in fact a copy a certified of copy. an extract mm. of that ledger um but yeah i had the exact same problem um more than once in fact which says a lot for my <laughs> did you lose it several times um, well the last time i think i bought five <laughs> secreted them in, in various parts of my sort of let's call they're hidden behind system. paintings and and uh <laughs> yes. in the in the books in the library <laughs> more than likely um so, so yes, I, I feel your pain, but it is once you actually get over that hurdle of, <gasps> do I exist? Am I real? Uh, oh yeah, you yeah. Just, just fill in this form and give us money, and we'll give you or two or three or four. Yeah, they were very helpful and very quick, and it was like, oh, I worried for nothing. That's helpful. And then we're we're sending off for our marriage license, and we'll get all that organized beforehand. Uh, oh, and we'll, there's there's a lot of logistical things. Oh, and I didn't even put it down here. I bought my wedding suit. Oh, well, of all mm-hmm. the three things that you've written down, DJ, excuse me, I've just got to open some uh, very expensive French water. <laughs> there we are. It's another another baby mammal strangled. Um, or a small French secret, the little... Psst. Yes, it's being very pitilant at the moment. Um <laughs> So, yeah, of the three things that you've got, uh, birth certificate, marriage license, you thought the one I'll miss out is wedding suit, which last I, forgot. I heard was green. <laughs> yes, and it still is. Green tweed. Oh, okay. Green tweed. Okay, yeah. I mean, most tweed is green of some form. I mean, it's a bit of well, this is, this is more obliquely tweed and green. That's not the right phrase at all. It's green and tweed. Um it's uh, It was one of those ones where Meg got her wedding dress sorted out really quick. She got her uh, bridesmaid dresses sorted out really quick. Uh, shocking efficiency from Megan, who is normally a little bit more laid back than I would be. And it kind of put me to shame. It was like, oh, right, I really need to get on this because I haven't really considered this. I don't like clothes shopping. I don't like, you know, th- buying clothes for myself. And so this is one of those ones where I was like, right, okay, I know I want something vaguely this area this direction uh and i sort of said that to make sure like, okay well we'll go and try this on mm, okay i don't don't really want to tough you have to oh okay right so i'd, I'd looked and, and i'd looked on maybe 15 different websites and it turns out getting green suits is really really hard because it's a weird color um and so there were options and there were some things that were nice and there were some things that were made for very small men um i am not a very small man and so that, that looks amazing. That'd be lovely. And you're like, my shoulders don't fit in the sleeve. <laughs> you know, I put it on. I, I, I ordered one from ASOS, which is sort of like an online retailer. 
and I ordered the biggest shoulder size they have, literally the, the maxed it out. Um, and when I put it on, it was like the hunchback of Notre Dame. I, I, I could feel the tension in the fabric and I couldn't put my arms down. Mm. So I know if I, I could have hulked out of it if I wanted to. And so it was like, that's not going to work. I can't be comfortable in this. Um, so that was the problem I kept running into. Uh, and we looked in a bunch of places and I looked, in, uh, there's different suitors and things in Belfast you can go to and, and we could get something made or I could hire something. There's lots of different options available. And in the end, we were in uh, like a department store uh, at the weekend there and we're sitting having a coffee and and it was the, like it was a cafe Nero within a department store. We're sitting having a coffee and we're chatting about stuff and we just looked at rings, uh, wedding rings and things like that and we're talking about bits and pieces and I happened to look over and go, well, there's actually a suit section over there. I suppose due diligence, I might as well have a look. It's silly not to. Although just from my cursory glance, it was like too shiny, too blue, too gray, too boring. Don't like any of those, but we'll have a look and see. And so finished our coffees and wandered over. Had cursory glance. Yeah, those are fine. And that might work. And that's okay. And then, oh, I like that green. Oh, there's a matching waistcoat. Oh, okay. That's, oh, that, that size might be. I'm just going to, I'm just going to try this on. Oh. Oh, okay. Um, should we just buy this then? Okay, I guess it's sorted. So it went from, that's a to-do I need to sort out and is, you know, impending and it's going to cause a hassle and to, oh, it's done. It's in the bag. I was like, oh, brilliant. Happy days. So yeah, we're well on our way to having that all organized. I have my trousers, my waistcoat, my uh suit jacket uh we are ordering the bow ties interesting development um i have a white shirt like a white dress shirt already with the is it french cuffs that you use with um i'm, I'm indicating cufflinks but that doesn't work <laughs> in audio you mean uh double cuffs you fold over that's the one mm-hmm. you fold them over so i have a really nice white shirt that is a good size that is perfect for that and it's even got the little thing where like the buttons have a little like cover so you don't see the buttons on the front of your shirt because it's too fancy. Um, this is coming from a man that doesn't wear fancy suits ever. Um, but yes, I was very pleased. And so it's all bought and it fits and it looks great. Uh, and so, yeah, it was one of those ones where I accidentally bought the suit on the day Fantastic. without any fuss whatsoever. That's the best way to do it, I'd say. Absolutely. So you will see it. I'm sure uh, there will be photos perhaps after the fact, but I'm not going to share them before the fact. Um, and you will see it on the day. For but sure. uh, until then, more mystery and intrigue. But yeah, bow ties, that's the next thing I'm shopping for. Exciting. God, it's all coming together, CJ. I know. So my, my aim is January is the month of wedding. Mm. Everything that we need to do, everything we're aware of needs to be ticked off in January, if possible. Now, there's stuff like you know, final payment to the band and sorting out the, the final payments for videographers and things like that. That all needs to be done closer to the time because that's when it's done. But all the broad strokes of have I done all this stuff? Has that been organized? Is this with the proper people? We've put a hard deadline of January on all of that because then it gives it two and a bit months for everything to go wrong and then fix it. So we're, what, 8th of January today? So we're working our way through the stuff that we need to do and we're actually, we're getting close to having it all done. You know, it's looking positive. It's looking like it's not going to be a complete and utter cluster truck. But... um <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm shocked that it's all coming together because it looks big and scary and too many moving parts and how would that ever work? And then you start doing it and you're like, oh, okay. You just kind of keep doing bits and then there's no bits left and you're done. 
Yeah, absolutely. And then loads of things will come up at the last minute just to ensure yeah. that your stress levels are at the correct level. Yeah. Lots well, to be expected. Mag will hopefully be my uh, guiding star in that one. Just go, yeah, it doesn't really matter though, does it? <laughs> so if she goes, you know, she gets a little bit anxious, then there's no hope because she's the one who's the level-headed one here. <laughs> I I predict that will spin 180. You heard it here first, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Um, well, it's on my list, actually. It's on my sort of uh, must-get-done-quickly list because, um, as I'm sure you're aware, that you're getting married quite adjacent to a pagan and Christian festival. Um, yes. Which can make um, air tickets a little more complex. Um, yes. Or, at, for, or it, at least a little more expensive. <laughs> So, yes, sorry for that. That's okay. We're we're thinking that we might um, uh, just come in via a Muslim country. So perhaps just go down to Saudi Arabia or something and, and get a direct flight to, to Belfast from there. Oh, um, that's quite interesting because obviously it would be less hassle than I suppose. <laughs> I don't think we're seriously contemplating that, but it may come to that. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but yes, you have just reminded me that I, I need to get those uh, flights sorted because the longer I leave them, the more expensive they will become. Um, but no, we're really well, you could do it. You could do it, Greta Thunberg, and uh, just get the boat now. You might make it down and <laughs> by then. I, I don't think I could muster her righteous anger. Hmm. Mm. Ah, buying. Oh, what if I? Well, uh, my plan was for twenty twenty two. As regular listeners will know, I, I own a notebook company um, that also sells <laughs> pencils and, and you know, even the odd pen. Uh, so I thought I might stop buying and promoting um, goods that I don't sell, uh, which sort of looking back at my social media posts, I keep saying, oh, this is a great notebook. No, I don't sell it. Go to this place, um, <laughs> which is a fundamental misunderstanding of what social media is for. But um, I then just got sort of shopping. I, I was waylaid by an email, TJ, um, as, as can often happen. Uh, and yes. The next words will mean very little to you, but uh, to those civilized people out there who use fountain pens, um, I'm now going to soon be the proud owner of a Sailor 1911, uh, which is a very nice bright yellow uh, with a broad nib. Uh, come back, TJ, you'll understand the rest. Um, <laughs> I'm back. Uh, I've got some fine liners coming. Um, my sort of weapon of choice for non-penny notebooks is the... Mitsubishi Uniball, uh, the 157 mm -hmm. for those that are in the know. Um, and here we go again, promoting some of the competition. Cult pens have uh, a three for two deal on, or they did at the time of recording, he said, just in case they stop it. Um, <laughs> uh, so I've picked up a, a few of those. And uh, we're off to, I think I've mentioned this before, we're off to Rome next month. Um, mm hmm and Moleskine, or Moleskine, or however you want to pronounce it, they do Moleskine. <laughs> Moleskine. Um, they do uh, <laughs> little pocket notebooks. Uh, they're sort of um, half city guide, half make your own city guide. And yeah, yeah, it's got maps on yeah. all kinds of stuff. They do one for Rome, Paris, London, Berlin. Berlin, yeah. Uh, there are two more, possibly New York. I'm not sure. Um, but the, the six-pack was very competitively priced. And I thought, well, 
We're going to Rome, so we could do that. London we go to frequently, so perhaps we could do that. Um, and then, okay, well, I've got the rest of these. Come on, we're going for a long weekend to uh, each of these places. Oh, wow. Brilliant. Just, I... So far, I've paid for the notebooks. <laughs> well, <laughs> That's easy, but the notebooks. So just make it up. You're uh, a writer. You can yeah, just write true. it in as if you want. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping that might be something that Mags and I'll do together. A bit of fun. When I say Mags and I'll do it together, I'll do it, um, and she'll go notebooks. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the the sort of year of frugality hasn't really happened so much. But there you go. Ah, right, good, good Lord, we're rambling on a bit. Well, I'm rambling on a bit. Uh, parish notices. I haven't really got all that much excited. It's three and a half months to my wedding. It's still three and a half months to my wedding. That's all I'm really considering yeah. outside of the scope of our normal remit. Okay, that's, you know, it's a pretty big thing. The three and a half months of the wedding thing. That's what, 14 mm-hmm. weeks? Give or take. Don't say it like that. That makes it so much, <laughs> so, so <laughs> much shorter. Oh, sorry. Uh, it's, it's probably about a hundred days, TJ. You, you're fine. Yeah. I don't know whether that's better or worse because I know it's still three months. I can't do um, hours and minutes without working. <laughs> <laughs> I need a calculator and all sorts of stuff. How many furlongs? How many furlongs <laughs> until my wedding? <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, it'll it'll fly by. Ooh. That's what everyone says. Everyone's like, "Oh, once you once you get past Christmas, it'll just fly in." I was like, "Yeah, but Christmas is mal- it's Boxing Day. Oh no, <laughs> oh no, it's coming." <laughs> yeah, I suppose that yeah, there's a certain wisdom to that. Uh, all right, well, mm-hmm. we'll do mine then. Uh, o y n b. I'm sure. On uh, which is one year <laughs> no beer. Uh, so okay, um, I have signed up for one year no beer and to my great regret and surprise having read the small print apparently it's not only beer that i'm giving up oh no it's um it's alcohol so for one year i am not drinking anything alcoholic that is the challenge Uh, and i started on epiphany which is the 6th of january uh, there's a certain poetry to that, I think. Uh, but actually, I started on the 4th because I was flying back from Turkey and driving, so I couldn't drink anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, the thing, well, you can, uh, I'm sure TJ will put it in the show notes, you can look up one year, no beer yourself. Uh, but the thinking behind it is to reset your relationship with alcohol which I thought was something I wanted to do. Now, spoiler alert, uh, that's that's a little bit of NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming there. Because um, they're thinking that if they can get you to give up for a while, then you'll understand that you really don't need to drink. Uh, which is a concept I'm interested in. Um, to, mm-hmm. to quote somebody I was reading recently, um, my, uh, my father realised, now, I asked my father why he gave up drinking, and he said, I realised it wasn't doing me any favours, so I stopped. Which I think is probably the way that I look at drinking. Um, and it's it's very, very odd how drinking works in our sort of social world. And I'm sure it's something that mm. you and I will discuss, but I'm right now, I'm feeling uncomfortable saying this. Because part of me is projecting that the audience is going, oh, do you think he was having a bottle of scotch for breakfast? 
<laughs> Do you think he was beating people to death? Or, you know, I, I, I wasn't doing any of those things. But there's a certain stigma attached to saying, ah, do you know what? I don't drink. Uh, and part of that, I think, is inside the person. But part of it, I think, is real. I think there is. You try it with um, a bunch of people who drink together, sort of on a regular basis, and say, no, nah, I'm not going to do it anymore. No, no, I'm happy to come out and, you know, have, have the crack, but I'm just not going to drink. Yeah. It, it, do that as an experiment amongst your, amongst your peers. You'd be fascinated some of the reactions you get. Um, so I did do that for a long, long time. I didn't drink until I was in my twenties. I did, I, you know, I had, had a drink, but recreational drinking was not something I really did until I was in my twenties because it just didn't interest me. Sure. Um, I've got a circle of friends and family who expect me to be first to the bar. So I suppose yeah. it, it's slightly different when I turn around and go, no, I'm just, just going to have a lime and soda, please. I mean, I suppose the way to the way that I think about it is if I say to people, yeah, I'm giving up uh, lime cordial, people go, yeah, right, okay. Um, if I say to them, I'm giving up beer, why? Oh, why? Yeah, what's gone wrong? <laughs> exactly. You're in trouble? Yeah. Do you, do you need, is there anything I can do? No, no, I'm fine. Because that's the thing. If you say, oh, no, I don't eat fast food, no one would bat an eyelash. They go, that, mm-hmm. I wish I could do that. That sounds great. And they're never going to go into McDonald's and go, oh, just have a chicken nugget. Come on, have a burger. Just have one. You know, screw the lettuce, have a chicken sandwich. You know, that's not the way people react. Well, some people might, but largely I think the attitude is not like that. Whereas there is this weird social pressure around drinking. So we just have a wee one. Like, oh, well, you don't need to have a full, we just get a half pint. You know, there's this. Absolutely. Just and, do something. And there's there's always um, there's a very defensive response from drinkers. They go, oh, mm. yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Pff, wouldn't work for me, so I can control my drinking. <laughs> well, hang on. I'm not saying I can't. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but people get defensive because they feel in some way, I, I suspect, because deep down they feel they can't control their drinking because, that, again, spoiler alert, everybody, alcohol's addictive. But, um, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm, oh, who knows? I may change. I, I may become self-righteous, evangel- evangelizing. <laughs> I shall preach to you all about the dangers of the demon drink. Um, Temptation. Yes, but I suspect. <laughs> temperance. Um, <laughs> the nouveau temperance movement. <laughs> and who knows? I may spectacularly collapse tomorrow and drink four pints of wine. Mm. I don't know. Um, <laughs> A pint of wine. Hi, interesting. <laughs> well, if you're going to go down, go down, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I'm, I am blogging about it on uh, stuartlandon.com. And mm. I dare say we may chat about it because, uh, I don't know, I, I, do I feel threatened by it? Do I feel challenged by it? I'd say what would really challenge me would be be moderate for a year. That I could not do. Yeah. Some Something absolute... I can do so sort of taking taking the drink off the table um, this may be a stupid thing to say on a podcast but I'm confident that I can achieve that yeah um having to and I, I have written about this have, having to make a series of little choices every day shall I have a beer shall I have a night off okay I'll have a bit two with three beer okay I mean if everybody else is having should I have three that sort of series of choices, I mean, we've spoken before about decision fatigue. 
Um, yep, it's exactly what it is. Is is I find challenging, and then you add to the fact that my decision making uh, gets cataclysmically worse the more alcohol you add to it. By the end of eleven, okay, it's eleven. It'll be fine. It's under twenty. It's ah, fine. it's okay. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, that's that's my parish notice. This is, um, I'm uh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, if if anybody is listening to this and thinking, oh, that's quite interesting, go and check out One Year No Beer. Um, it is a sort of support group, I suppose. You know, there's videos, and you know, I belong to a Slack group now. If you do Facebook, you can do all that Ooh. jazz. Um, but you do have to give them money. This is a commercial enterprise, uh, and there are lots of alternatives out there that are not commercial enterprises. Uh, and obviously, if you if you do think you've got a real problem with drinking, then go and see a medic. Um, yeah, go and speak to someone. Yeah, go and talk to somebody about it. Um, and yeah, I, the thing that astonished me, and this is because I now have people sending me email each morning about alcohol. <laughs> hey, what a great idea that was. Um, Brewdog, you heard of those guys? Brewdog. The, yeah, they make uh, a variety of sort of crafty beers. Yeah. They're uh, in London, um, Old Street, which is so trendy. I probably wouldn't be allowed in. Um, I'd be A, too old and uh, be just not hip enough. You'd be okay, TJ. Um, well, maybe the facial hair is a good pass, but you, yeah. you still got to know how to make a latte with uh, the little like flower on the top of it or else you can't come in. These guys are opening uh, at the first alcohol-free beer house. So... That's really cool. Um, there's the, there's a link that I, I, I'm sure you can put in the show notes. Um, and they've got like sort of 15 alcohol-free beers on tap. Um, and What a great idea. Yeah, they're, they're, I think right now, so too late for anybody listening, but they've got an offer on that you get, um, uh, uh, whatever, what do, you, what do you call that, free refills or endless refills. Uh, so if you're in any Brewdog pub at the moment, uh, I don't know if it's today or for a few days or I can't remember. Um, if you're drinking alcohol free, you can have as many as you want uh, for the price of one. But see, for the social aspects, that's really interesting because that's mm. a lot of people claim, oh, but how will we meet up? How will we chat? And and fair enough, you know, there's only so many Starbucks that open that late. There's only so many, you know, cafes and things that you could go into and sit or catch up with a group of 10 or 15 people or nights out, things like that. But having all the same benefits, but without that stigma of, well, you're not going to have a wine. You don't want this. You don't want to just have something. We're all, we're all having these. It's cheaper if you mm. get one as well. Um, it completely takes away the the option. Yeah, no, it makes it about the social content rather than the the alcohol content. Well, it it's um it in many ways it underlines um the realities. So, you know, would. You know, the group of us, whoever us might be, would we have as good a time uh, in this place that only serves alcohol-free beer? Or would we all mm. sit there going, does anybody notice that beer doesn't taste very good? <laughs> does anyone notice we're not funny? <laughs> or not quite as funny as we thought. And yeah. I, the, I, you, you've hit the nail on the head because the great thing about that is I predict that if six of us went to the brew dog Alcohol-free, but uh, let's say uh, Dave Tubman, you, me, Scrib, a couple of other guys from from the stationary world went to that bar, we'd have a great time. Yep. If we went to a normal pub, 
and half were drinking, almost certainly me being in that half, uh, and half weren't. After about 30 minutes, the sober people wouldn't be thinking these drunk people are not as entertaining as perhaps they think they are. <laughs> because that's that's the great thing about drinking. If if you're all doing it together at a similar pace, then you all think you're hilarious. Um, but for the for the one sober person sitting there is going, yeah, this is quite dull. Eh? And it's yeah. that that should, in fact, be instructive in many ways. But again, I'm not I'm not getting preachy. So uh, I'm really interested to see how this goes. Um, and already. You know, some of the people that I sort of regularly drink with, are, it's it's like they're, they're dogs. They sort of turn their heads to the side and look at me peculiarly. <laughs> You're doing what? <laughs> Incredulous. Um, but no, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I maintain that I can be an annoying pain in the butt at sober as well as drunk. Uh, so we will t- we'll test that <laughs> over, the, over the next uh, 12 months or so. Um, by the way, if I complete the challenge, nothing happens. I mean, I don't win a trophy or anything. I just go, oh. Oh, you don't ascend to the next level of human consciousness? Uh, apparently not. Um, although, no, sad. Uh, I, again, you know me, TJ. I've, I've got books on this. I've got apps. I've got, all, you know, I, yeah. I, I will be considerably richer. <laughs> um, because <laughs> let's face it, I can go out and drink nine large beers. I think it's unlikely that I'm going to go out and drink six litres of water. It, it, it just well also if you do it's free typically <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly um so hmm, there we are that's my my big thing for the moment and given that we've been going for over an hour um mm-hmm. we should we should take it to the bridge and the bridge of course is the three pin plug so why don't you start us off so we'll do a little quick one today my name is tj cosgrove and i run wooden graphite which is a youtube channel about pencils and paper and notebooks and other analog stuff. And on that YouTube channel, I tell stories about things that interest me, about things that I think are interesting. And if you enjoy what we talk about in the show, if you like the stationary bit more than the chatty bit, or you like the chatty bit more than the stationary bit, or maybe you just like my voice, then I have a bunch of videos. I think there's over 100 and something now where you can go and watch. And I'm trying to tell the story of a thing or a view of a thing or why this matters, why this is important. And I try and curate a narrative that makes sense and is worthwhile to me. And so hopefully, if you enjoy that kind of thing, you might enjoy this. So go and have a look. Wood and Graphite. Just throw it into Google. Uh, there's also Instagram if you want to see what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. Uh, but that's that's largely where I am. Okay. Well, I'm uh, Stuart Lennon. You can find me uh, on Twitter at Stu Lennon. Uh, Instagram at stuart.lennon.587 uh, or at stuartlennon.com. You can also find me at nerosnotes.co.uk. Nero's Notes sells notebooks, pens, pencils, stationery, ephemera to UK, Europe and beyond. Um, swing by. You might find something you like. Uh, stuartlennon.com. I talk about uh, being a, oh, I don't know, an entrepreneur, I suppose. Uh, about living, uh, living the dream in Cyprus, uh, and I suspect increasingly about my journey to becoming alcohol-free. Although I suspect mm. it won't be written in quite that horrible a tone. But you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> um, there is a membership uh, at 
to StuartLand.com, it's £12 a year. I know. I know it's expensive, uh, which gives you access to... I just renewed mine. Yeah, good man. To uh, members-only content. Uh, and I think this year may well involve a sort of newslettery thing, but uh, more of that later. Mm. Uh, the third pin of our three-pin plug uh, is this very podcast, 1857, which TJ and I make out of the goodness of our hearts uh, because we enjoy it. I mean, let's not pretend it's some sort of gift to the world. It's because we like it. Um, however... <laughs> It does cost us money to do this, um, both in terms of time and in terms of, you know, real money stuff. You have to pay hosting fees and you know, editing fees and all that sort of good jazz. So um, you can, in fact, support this uh, podcast either by going to Nero's Notes and buying something with an 1857 logo on it. Uh, there are notebooks and pencils. Uh, there is a USB stroke cassette of season one oh, you should get that uh, episode zero is on there as well if you liked episode true. zero it's on there for you to download and keep it is indeed uh and some stickers or if you go to 1857.co.uk there is a little sort of dollar sign button which says donate but there you go. i'm gonna take it you know what to do from that um and <laughs> if you don't have money to spare that's okay we're just delighted to have you here um please Tell somebody else who you think might enjoy the show uh, or leave a review on iTunes or anywhere else, which apparently, allegedly, uh, air quotes, um, <laughs> impacts the algorithm uh, and means that we will be easier to find for people. Uh, if you understand mm -hmm. what that means, great. Otherwise, just tell a mate to download the podcast. Much easier. Right. That's the end of the plugging and now that we're at 70 minutes what are we talking about tonight tj this is kind of a big nebulous one i kind of i had a topic but i didn't have a topic and i've just written 2020 the future is now question mark um and we kind of talked about it at the beginning where it's like 2020 is one of those dates that in my head is blade runner but now is reality and so it's really really weird and and it's a year of, of change i suspect for a great many things but in in my own life I'm getting married this year. I'm going on my honeymoon and you know, we have a house, but it, it kind of feels like this is the last big step uh, in a transition between being, uh, you know, a 20 something into being married, you know, looking forward. And it's a different sector of my life. And that's really interesting. And I feel like I'm kind of on the threshold now and I will probably cross that threshold later this year. Um, and so it feels like a big year and it feels like one of those years where you should remember it and you should think about it it should be not necessarily critical appraisal but certainly uh, be aware of what's happening be aware of what you're doing and why you're doing it um, and that that filters into you know everything from health to creativity to um, ambitions and focus and all those things that fly around our heads when uh, new year's resolutions come around and I, I don't like the New Year's resolutions are a little bit like Valentine's Day. It's this weird corporate marketing gimmick about a thing, uh, which in itself is not bad. You know, having someone, a spouse or a loved one or a relative that you love and want to express that is, is a wonderful thing. But do you need to buy them a you know, four foot teddy bear to convey that? Probably not. Uh, do you need to set um, New Year's resolutions and get a hashtag squad goals emblazoned on the on a canvas on your wall 
and you know vinyl prints to to with sort of affirmations to make you get up in the morning and, and seize your dreams i'm not sure but certainly thinking about that is very useful and that's a very long way of saying this episode's about this year i think or what we hope from this year and what we expect and what we'd like from this year well uh, look it's it's got to be the year of vision vision yeah, yeah. 2020. 2020 i mean <laughs> hindsight boom um <laughs> that's i think probably the most uh used joke uh of the year thus far uh, all, in all of time 2020 in the history of human existence yeah <laughs> um I, I have to say the first three times it was used on me it flew completely over my head um uh, although a fair amount of drink had been taken at that point um I, uh, I've always been into the whole sort of retrospective, um, uh, I suppose, mulling over the year thing. Uh, for me, that's what the, um, um, Zwischen den Jahren or, uh, Between the Years or Crimbo Limbo or. Loved that. Um, any of those, those phrases. Uh, that's what those days are best for. Uh, for looking back at the year and going, okay, what went well and what didn't go well and what was memorable, what was amazing, what was terrible, you know, all of those things. I think there's, I've always done that. Um, again, quite often, uh, using scotch, <laughs> which I suppose helps get you in the right sort of mindset. <laughs> um, and then from that, I think naturally follows, okay, looking forward, you know, what, what do I hope for from this year? Um, what, what I think is new is, is this sort of explosion of cultural, uh, baggage systems, methods that, that goes with this, which I was very, very skeptical of, uh, and then in true Stuart fashion immediately bought into. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's literally what this one year no beer, that, that's a system. It's a, it's a, framework for doing this yeah um absolutely it is and um it, for me it started with and i'm again i'm gonna plug something that i get no money for um sean blanc who runs the suite setup uh and all sorts of other stuff like the focus course um uh, it'll be it'll be i hope in the show notes uh he does a, oh, a, yes. a plan your year thing um it's a sort of video course with a workbook uh, and even a, a PDF that you can use on your iPad to um, to do it all digitally and blah blah blah. It, it, it there is no rocket science here. There is nothing new here, but it's a it's a very nice little package um, if you want a framework around which to consider mm. things like you know yearly goals or themes. If you want to go the sort of cortex. Mike Hurley, CGPBGAJJ Gray, um, way, um, you know, it, it's a nice starting point. And that, that for me was what I was doing this year. Um, partly because I wanted to play with my iPad. <laughs> this was a great way to do it. Um, and partly because I do find it useful to have a structure. Otherwise I find myself going off into all sorts of tangents as people slugging through the 76th minute of this podcast will attest. Um, so I, that's where I started from thinking about 2020. Um, and the process that you go through kind of brings you to a point where you say, okay, what's my priority for 2020? 
Uh, and there's a, a wonderful quote that I'll, I'll completely butcher and abuse um, from Merlin Mann. Um, priorities are like arms. You've only got two. Um, because there, there, there are systems out there that, <laughs> you know, you come out and <laughs> people, you've got, right, my priority in health is this, my priority in work is this, my priority in vocation is that, my priority in relationships is this, my priority those aren't priorities that's a list yeah. <laughs> it's only 45 itemized items exactly yeah. <laughs> um i think you know uh again borrowing off of um the guys at cortex in it rather than a massive list they 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 talk about themes yearly themes the year of mm. um and i think that's a much better way to approach mm. it because uh, essentially, we're pretty stupid, and certainly speaking for myself, I can't have ten priorities. <laughs> I I need one thing that I'm saying. Yeah. This is going to be my guiding light. This is going to be what I'm really. It will gonna... inform and instruct everything. Yeah, yes, exactly. And um, I came to it through the process rather than starting the process thinking this is the year of. Um, I mean, I did have some ideas. Um, what I thought this year was going to be about. Uh, and I thought it was going to be about uh, some of the corporate stuff that I do. Uh, so Nero's Notes and uh, Lime Training Consultancy. It's, it's another business that I have. Um, and actually, as I work through the process, those things, they're important to me, but they're not priorities. Um, part of me um, taking the One Year No Beer Challenge is because it will help me kickstart a weight loss program because I'm overweight. Um, I, I don't say that in some sort of objective way. I mean, in a subjective way, I would like to be smaller. Um, yeah. And I think most people looking at me going, yeah, do you know what? Losing a kilo or two is not going to hurt him. Um, so to get that whole thing kickstarted, uh, I was looking at a whole sort of range of actions that I was going to take around my health. And sort of unlocking that was to make this one key change in, in my life, was to, to take yeah. a year off, off drink. And that came from this process. Uh, the other one was around creativity. I, um, as TJ alluded earlier, I, I like to write. And um, I write yeah, for sort of internet content. It's a lovely phrase, isn't it? Um, but I also have a draft of a novel, which I would like to turn into... Uh, a novel a novel and i would like to write a few more of them you know um, yeah and again going through this process i came up with uh, uh, anybody standing please sit down anybody driving you might want to pull over at this point it occurred to me that i should probably write if i want to be a writer <laughs> i mean i'm no i'm not an expert i'm not a scientist but that tracks. There you that go. sounds like you're on something. See, I've already got buy-in. That's how important this stuff was. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was, you know, for me, uh, this year, 2020, is about health and it's about creativity. Now, from that, sure, that you, if you're doing a little mind map thing, you're going to have lots of lines going off there. So what does healthy mean? It means, it means not drinking for a year. Um, it means doing more exercise. It means... Uh, eating better you know all of those those types of things 
creativity. What does that mean? Well, it means recording the podcast. It means writing more. And the two things do kind of overlap because, do you know what? There were some mornings last year when I didn't want to get up very early because I'd been up very mm. late drinking <laughs> and partying. <laughs> um, now, I still expect to be up late and I still uh, expect to be uh, out and, and having a good time. I'm, I'm not as yet becoming a monk. Um, but alcohol does have an impact and certainly does on me. So um, that the first gift of not drinking that I get is that I get a bit more time and I get a bit more sort of of that higher quality time, which for me is in the mornings. Mm. Um, and so I'm going to use that to to write. And it might be for the website. It might be editing the, the novel. It might be writing the next novel. Who knows? But um, just putting those two things in, that I need to be doing something each day for each of those priorities, you know, my left priority, my right priority, my arms, <laughs> keeps it really like keeps it really simple for me. Um, yeah. yeah, we're recording on the eighth of January. It's a bit early to be declaring a success, but I'm feeling pretty <laughs> pretty motivated. <laughs> tenth. Leave it to the tenth, mate, and you'll be good by then. <laughs> exactly. Official decree on the fifteenth of January. Exactly. You know, I've got calendars all over the place that I'm I'm ticking off. Okay, did I write something today? Did I drink something today? You know, good tick, bad tick. Um, and that's where I'm going to, because I don't have, um, obviously a key sort of milestone event, uh, coming mm. up because I can publish my novel next year, this year. I think I, I really, really, really firmly felt I was going to publish it last year. Um, and I didn't. So, um, for me, it's, I'm trying to turn those objectives, goals, if you like, into actionable practices. And I'm mm. trying not to put that whole resolution-y type target there where, yeah. where I'm going to say, I will do this. And if I don't do this, I'll fail. Yeah, we, we talked about win conditions before on, on another episode where it was like, if you give yourself a really nebulous goal of eat better, like, okay, I ate a stick of broccoli. I have now completed my goal back to chocolate. You know, it's too vague to be actionable. But I think equally there's the other side of that coin where if you have so many fail conditions, if you are actively tracking every single time you do it wrong and you're, you're crap at this, this is bad, you didn't do it this day, you didn't do it that day, you didn't do this quite right, you want to do more than that, you didn't achieve it, that sort of branching negativity is, is horribly bad for your own self-esteem and your own kind of enthusiasm for whatever you're doing. Um, and, and something certainly that I'm learning is that I can have aspirations and goals and things I'm working on, but if it doesn't pan out, if I have a busy day or a bad day, or I just don't do the thing, you know, consider that, make note of it, but don't beat myself up about it. You know, maybe if I've done it for six months continuously or completely given up entirely, maybe think about beating myself up, but for the most part, it's the the small like, huh? I meant to write my journal tonight. I'll I'll write it in the morning. Right, make a note of that. Going to do it in the morning. Do yesterday's and today's together. You know, that kind of proactive. Okay, not ideal, but I can sort it. I can do that then, rather than I've now failed. I got to start the counter again. Why am I like this? What's it, you know? What's the point? That negativity is is just as destructive as the the vagity. Is that a word? Vagueness, <laughs> vagosity, uh, 
yeah that 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 plagues the other side of the coin so i think you, you, it's a fine line to walk you got to understand what you want to achieve and then understand that progress is progress and it might be small and it might feel insignificant but it's still a step closer yeah for sure and i that's i think the for me your mileage may vary but for me that the power of some some sort of structure around this process mm. is that i have a document it's a living document it changes it gets amended um but it's I, i'm trying to create a touchstone i i feel that 2019 i was really really busy um yeah and yet in several areas i think oh, yeah, but i didn't achieve very much yes. of what i wanted to achieve in that area um and you know uh, let's I, I had five or six arms last year so you know, <laughs> yeah uh, there's that we've definitely spoken about this before there's that temptation to go okay well if i just stay up an extra two hours each day that's a whole new area that I can I can focus on and work on. I'll just eat lunch at my desk. Yeah. And I, actually, I'll just fast 23 hours a day. Yeah. And exactly. then I don't need to spend any time eating. Intermittent fasting for 23 and a half hours. Fine. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's where I am. For me, it's, it's the year of health and creativity. Those are the two things that mm -hmm. I'm going to focus on. I'm still going to have to do all the other stuff. I still have to take the rubbish down. You know, I still have to... Um, do the admin <laughs> around the businesses. I still have to push the yeah. businesses. I, you know, uh, none of those things are, are not important to me anymore. It's simply that where I'm looking at big parcels of time, big decisions, I want to be looking at, okay, is this in line with my priorities, which are health and creativity? Yeah. Two big stars beside those items on your to-do list. <laughs> yeah. Um, although I'm, I'm going to allow myself not to write them down on every day's to-do list because, again, we're in, health. We're in January. I'm writing. Do, them down. Did you do a health this morning? Did you get up and do one health? Uh, I do have a tracker for this, TJ. Obviously. Um, oh, okay. Um, there's uh, an app that I can't remember where it came. Oh, I know. I think they uh, sponsored Five Twelve Pixels, which is um, Stephen Hackett. Yes. Um, and it's, uh, it's an app called Habit. There you go. Yes, I've seen that in the little checkboxes. Oh, no. Is it Habit? No, it's not Habit. No. Habit, Habit is good, but that's not what I'm thinking. Oh, moderation is what it's called. Oh, okay. I haven't heard of this one. Um, and instead of you know, doing all the calorie tracking, I mean, you've, you've done all that stuff with, um, what's the one? Oh, yeah. Uh, Under Armour own it Fitness now. Pal. It's, yeah, Fitness Pal. Um, where you know put in all the calories and uh, you know they connect it to your watch, which tells it how many calories you've burnt. And and at the end of it, I was you know the end of three months ago. Well, according to the app, I should now be 130 pounds and able to do. <laughs> I should be an Adonis, <laughs> and yeah, I am not. Yeah. I'm still a big sort of round fat guy. What's going on here? Um, uh, the app's broken. Yeah, this um, this thing moderation sort of just leans into all that, and so you each day. You select whether breakfast was healthy or unhealthy. Uh, so is that subjective? You have to make the call on this. Exactly. And you being aware of that call. It's your shout. Will influence further calls. Yeah, it's your shout. Um, 
and you do that with all three meals and you have one bum of snacks and they're, they're building in lots of enhancements and stuff but it's really simple and straightforward and it's a sort of self-accountability g yourself up sort of type thing i find so it's more like the berlin transit system than the belfast one the berlin system relies on the honor code where you know, it's very efficient and it's very easy to get a ticket the tickets are not expensive so you should get a ticket mm. whereas in belfast it's have you got your ticket? Yeah. Let me check your ticket. Let me check your ticket twice, actually, just to make sure that I checked it. I checked your ticket. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I, at the moment, I'm finding it. Um, I'm finding it useful just because it's helping with that whole sort of. I'm trying to establish new routines about eating and stuff like that. So, I'm I'm finding that simple approach so much better than. I mean, I did the 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 My Fitness Pal thing, sort of two extremes. Um, it's one of those. It's um, it reminds me of OmniFocus. Have you ever come across OmniFocus? Pe- uh, yes. Pe- people that use OmniFocus um, um, seem to be using it about sixteen hours a day. I, I have no idea where they find time to work. <laughs> um, no, no, no. OmniFocus is the works too. OmniFocus is all. OmniFocus is is life. Oh yeah. I mean, I I agree with you, and I I do find a lot of people like that. And then I hear people like David Sparks, who you know is as as far as I can work out, at least a successful lawyer, a successful podcaster, and uh, you know, raising, you know, successfully raising children is you know, d- doing really well. And I'm thinking, how do you find time for OmniFocus and all that? But but he swears by it. Um, I I have a feeling he doesn't sleep. That that may be the trick. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that type of approach, I think of. Um, uh, of being sort of self-accountable, but forcing yourself to do something simple just to help keep on track, because we all get distracted. Or, <laughs> I get distracted. Uh, Everyone gets distracted. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, 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 I'm enjoying all of that. That's I'm feeling very, very positive about 2020. And usually, to be honest, by the 8th, you know, the shine has gone off, <laughs> off New Year's resolutions. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is prime time for gym memberships going in the bin mm-hmm. uh, and the, the crisps coming out from underneath the, the whole cupboard. Um, interestingly, we were looking at getting a couple's Fitbit package. Oh, right. I, yeah. I just mean we were going to buy two Fitbits. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, what was it? I had a Pebble smartwatch. Yep. If anyone remembers one of those. And I loved it. It was great. It didn't do heart rate tracking or anything like that. It was just a pedometer. But I think they were then bought over by Fitbit and then Fitbit introduced the, the Apple Watch came out and all the, the heart rate tracking, all that mm-hmm. stuff came out. Now, I haven't had anything like that since then. My fossil watch will track steps, uh, but that's it's somewhat rudimentary compared to an actual health monitor. It's basically just going, did you wiggle enough for me to register movement? Mm-hmm. You probably did some steps. It's quite simple. Whereas something like a Fitbit is measuring your actual, you know, resting heart rate, and you know if you're running up a set of stairs, that's going to register differently than if you're sitting at your desk, hopefully. Um, and we both decided, yeah, that might be quite an interesting thing to have. And we both have them, and we're kind of keeping track of stuff. Um, and and also they kind of buzz and say, get up, fat ass, and, yep. and move a bit more, go and go for a walk, which is something I could do with more. I would happily sit at my desk far longer than is healthy because I'm working on something. Mm, me too. And so if, if my arm buzzes and tells me to go away, I will, you know, because it's reminding me of what I want to be reminded about. Uh, so we, we went on and this was Boxing Day. We were up at Megan's Folk's house and we were sitting and it was sort of the, the, the post-Christmas, uh, everyone is laid out on, on sofas, 
there is still food everywhere. Everyone is rotund with uh, baked goods and uh, various poultry meats. And it's just stuffed. It's it's a, a very tired and very expansive time. And we were going, right, well, we just, we'll get those and then we can you know, sort of kickstart this. And we went on. And I think Amazon had them at £60 each, which is a pretty good price. And we, you know, we'd been given some money for Christmas to get something for both of us. And we were like, we could put that towards that. We'll just get something and then we'll have them and that's fine. Uh, I said, right, well, when we get back home uh, on the 27th, the 20th, whatever it was, I'll stick it through on Amazon then and we'll get them. I could have ordered it on my phone. I don't know why we waited, but we did. Uh, on the 28th, when we went to look at it, they had both gone up by £20 each <laughs> to it was more than that, about £83 because it was like, oh, by the way, uh, now it's New Year's resolution time. So this thing that helps you stick to it, boom, price goes up. Uh, that's... Uh, supply and demand that's uh, consumerism baby and uh so we haven't bought them because i i loathe to pay an extra 40 plus pounds for something even though i could have got it so i'm using camel 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 to price track amazon <laughs> and whenever they drop back down to a reasonable price i will invest in my health but until then i'm staunchly opposed to, so, <laughs> to spending them on principle so the six pounds 50 a month that i will save by waiting <laughs> For the next six months, <laughs> missing my deadline. Yeah, no, I, I know what yes. you mean. It's, I mean, I, I go through phases with the Apple Watch where I, I look at it and go, I mean, it is fundamentally ugly, the Apple Watch. <laughs> Big brick glass. Yeah, I mean, I, I own quite a lot of watches and all of them are better looking than this. Um, sure, none of them do uh, a hundredth of the, of the Half things as that much, it does. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, some of the features, I think, Apple by accident discovered that nobody really cares about much on the Apple Watch apart from the fitness tracking. Yeah. Um, they they quite like to be able to tell the time, which is why everybody said, my Apple Watch is black and blank. That's pointless. And so it's finally the fifth generation that is always on, like a watch or like a, <laughs> you know, a little Casio used to be 30 years ago. Like a Roman, uh, what do you call it? Sundial. I'm thinking, that's the one. All I could think of was Nomen, which is a sticky up bit in a sundial. But yes, a sundial. So the Romans had it. Um, always always on display. The, you know, notifications and stuff. Um, I I have the the gentleman I was talking to you about earlier, the sort of generation above me, um, who um, was was in there, was in the British Army. Um, he has one. And his eyesight isn't great anymore. And he doesn't really know where his phone is most of the time so <laughs> when you send him a message you can reply on the apple watch so we use whatsapp um and you can reply on the apple watch he can't see the replies so there's there's a number of sort of canned replies and he just hits one yeah. randomly <laughs> i'm sorry i'm in a taxi i'll be there in 15 minutes <laughs> yes <Yeah, so, laughs> okay <laughs> uh, it's fine i tw- i twigged after a, a one very confused conversation i twigged um, but nobody else has. So in group conversations, it's fantastic. <laughs> I'll be there in 10. Yeah. I'll be there in 10. Say that. <laughs> people are going, you'll be where? Who? What? 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 <laughs> where are we going? Um, Can't talk right now. Sorry. Yeah, and, you know, some of these groups are golfy groups and Margaret's in them as well. And Margaret has notifications turned on for WhatsApp, which to me is tantamount to suicide. Um, 
Uh, yes, that's masochistic. So once one of these groups gets going and Martin is throwing in these <laughs> random answers. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. It goes on for hours. Um, but yeah, the, I, I, I sort of periodically, I sort of fall out of love with the watch and go, oh, look, it's a fitness tracker. Yeah. I, it, I have to go and take the dog for a walk each morning. I have to go for a swim mm-hmm. and I have to get off my butt every hour for five minutes stretch. Okay, you don't need a watch to tell you to do that, Stuart. And about four or five days later, I come crawling back to it going, it seems I do need a watch to tell me to do that because I I forget. (laughs) I'm not doing it. Yeah, because as you say, you get stuck into a piece of work or, uh, and you you know, before you know it, you've been sitting down for five hours. So, yeah, uh, I think there is something to be said for them. I don't know how we got to uh, fitness trackers. Fitness trackers, eh? Oh, it's all to do with health, I suppose, isn't it? <laughs> it's the end of a very long tangential episode. Indeed. That I, I would say went off the rails, but I'm not I'm not entirely convinced it was ever on them. Well, rails. It's the year of no rails. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Confusing episode title. Uh, in the bag. Done. Done. Well, I've been Stu Lennon. And I've been TJ Cosgrove. In 2020, remember to make the past, the present, in the future. This was 1857. And I nailed it that time without having to think about it twice, even though I almost said 2020 instead of 1857. Extraordinary. It's the Century Club. (laughs) Boop.